Standardized Patients Podcast. I'm your host and nostalgia enthusiast, Katie Culligan. In this podcast, we dive into the who, what, why, and huh of this quirky industry that no one's ever heard of. What's a standardized patient, you may ask? Well, a standardized patient is a person who pretends to be sick for a living. There we go. Simple. Just like that. Thank you, Genevieve. So we have Genevieve James here. She's our guest today. Welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you being here. Thank Uh, you. Of course. Yes. Now, Genevieve James is a local actor in the D.C. area who grew up in Arlington, Virginia. She has been an SP standardized patient since 2007 and currently lives in Arlington with her husband, child, and a dog. I think you've been an SP for exactly... One year longer than me. Yeah, that that tracks. Because I was still not sure who was new and who wasn't when I met you. Yes, and I will say that you are one of my, possibly my first SP friend. That actually, oh, yeah, Because we became friends from doing SP work. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we, we are and were both actors in the D.C. area, uh, so I would have met you eventually, but I remember meeting you at one of the SP jobs, one of my first ones, and being like, I want to get to know this girl. <laughs> she <laughs> seems cool, and her friends seem cool too, so um, I'm glad that it worked out all these years later. It seems to be going pretty well for us. I, I'd say so. <laughs> what brought you to that point in 2007? So I was substitute teaching which is just about as fun as you might imagine. There's no secret. And I was doing a show with someone who heard me complain about it, and he said, you should do what I do. Mm. And it turns out he was an SP. He's no longer an SP. I do not know what happened to him, actually. Oh, he changed your life. Seriously, like, I am forever grateful to him because it really did change my life. I don't know what I would be doing now if it weren't for him. Probably not substitute teaching. <laughs> God, I hope else. not. <laughs> so d- did he explain it to you? And were you like, oh, that sounds cool? Or did you just kind of jump in? I can't remember because I'm old and that was a long time ago. <laughs> but I believe he framed it as like an acting opportunity that I could make some money at. And mm. I was always looking for that. I still am. Yeah, but like, exactly. I don't know if I just didn't understand how I could make a living at it or if it wasn't possible to do that. But for a long time, there was some overlap where I was still subbing. Mm-hmm. And then... Some days I was, I was SPing. That makes sense. And that's kind of what happened with me too. Like when I first got into the SP work, it wasn't all the time. And so when it would come up, I would gladly take it. And mm-hmm. the more I found that the more I said yes to work, the more I got offered work. And yes. so at some point then you can kind of pull away from, you know, some of those other day jobs, if you will, and do more of that because you can count on it a little bit more and they book you out more months yes. in advance, which so you can plan on it. So yeah, it, it sounds like that's what happened with you. Definitely. I feel like I, I feel like back in the day, back in the day, um, <laughs> you had to earn your dues a little more. Yeah. Whereas now yeah. there's more work and so they need more SPs. Because like, mm-hmm. I remember the, the big job that happens for the end of the third years, Mm -hmm. you used to, like, have to 
be an SP for a couple years before you would be hired to do that. And the now, consortium, right? The, yeah. yeah so. Sorry, I didn't know if we no, could that's refer okay. to Consortium it. exam, which is basically, as Genevieve described, a big job, and it truly is. In our first podcast, Jenna Rossman and I were talking about that and how it's long days and you play the same character for weeks, months at a time. Uh, so years. You get to re- years at a time. Yeah, you can definitely speak to that. So <laughs> um, you get to know the character pretty darn well. But yeah, those were kind of like enviable gigs because it was yeah. it felt like a full-time job and then some. And different schools would partake. So it wouldn't just be one school. It would be throughout the whole, for instance, since we're based out of the D.C. area, the D.C. metro, like Maryland, Virginia area, a bunch of different schools. So, yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm glad that this guy, <laughs> uh, we wish him well, got you involved in uh, SP work because uh, yeah. Yeah, you're still doing it these days. So one more follow-up question on that. Did you just start working at one school or did you you know, immediately started a bunch of different schools back in 2007. I started at the one school. I believe it was actually Consortium that got me into the other schools. That makes sense. They need the the SPs, so they will kind of almost borrow you in some ways. (laughs) And then once you prove that you're trustworthy, then they started calling me for full-time. But it was when I got the Consortium job that I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think I can do this. I yeah. think I can stop something. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Our topic today is the training room dynamics. Now, the training room is a place where all of the standardized patients gather a lot of time with the standardized patient trainers, so the admin people that train us as SPs, usually in the morning, but whenever the time of day is that we all convene, we talk about what's about to happen throughout the day, whether it's an exam or whether it's just practice, not graded, And then we break out into our encounter rooms where we do the visits with the students. And then typically at the end of the day, depending on the university and school, we'll reconvene in the training room again. So usually it's one big room where a bunch of people come together and it's a safe space to, you know, put your stuff, to talk, to eat, etc. There are some places where there's no debrief at the end of the day it's just the beginning of the day and some places where you debrief in the middle of encounters too or like in between one so it's all a little bit different but the idea is that it is a place for sps to go a lot of times there's a microwave or a a kitchenette or some semblance of like a sink and a refrigerator where you can bring your food and even sometimes there's Keurig and coffee options depending on the the place so some are more comfortable than others but they all have at least some place where we can go to to connect so all that to say the training room dynamics with SP so this is talking about pranks or shenanigans and I would love to hear Genevieve you've had a lot of experience with uh, one of the schools at least I would call it the social committee Yes, that is what we are called. I don't know who gave us that name, but we are official. <laughs> yeah, so so is that just at one school, or do you have the social committee at other schools? No, it was just at one school. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it still exists, and I just found out this week that there's a separate PETA social committee. Oh. And since this is my first year being a PETA, I was not involved in that. And a PETA for our listeners is a physical exam trainer assistant. So mm-hmm. basically, a SP that has then been trained to then train students. 
years ago during the consortium, I don't know if you remember, but like long, long ago, it used at the one particular school that always gave us the most work for consortium. Mm -hmm. It was two weeks of 12 hour days Mm -hmm. from 630 to 630. They were intense. And by the end of the the second week, you just felt like you were losing your mind a little bit. Like, not even, like, joking, but, like, time sort of stopped. And you'd be like, is it Monday? Is it Friday? And one of our mutual friends, who is now a trainer at another school, Mm -hmm. just, like, made a straw hat, a paper hat, Mm -hmm. out of a newspaper. And we, like, decorated it. And then I made one out of a notebook paper. And we put them on our heads. And we were like, today's hat day. And we thought we were hilarious. And so then we were like, what other days could we have? And we made up, I think, not so casual Friday Mm -hmm. where we showed up in ties and suits. And I forget what the other one was. Like, it was literally just something that we started for, like, the two of us and then the one other friend who is in our case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so the people that you spend all the time with those weeks. Right. Yeah. Those, we just thought we were funny and we were amusing <laughs> ourselves. And, and that was fun. So then we did it the next year with a, a second person who was playing that same case. I will call her Jane Doe. Sure. So like, and then that became a thing. And then like we had a couple... Jane Doe's who were in different cases, but they'd already been on the theme days. And then other people were like, what are you girls doing tomorrow? And it just sort of grew and grew until all of a sudden I woke up one day and realized like I was officially organizing potlucks and happy hours and theme days. And I was making announcements and buying prizes. And I was like, I turned to my husband one day and I was like, How did this happen? I planned none of this. Meanwhile, the friend who made the paper hat is off, like, doing another job. (laughs) And I'm stuck, like, remember when we wore pajamas? What was that? Can I repeat that theme day? She's like, I'm doing actual work. (laughs) She would not say that, but, like... Yeah, so it's like Um, actual, it's like spirit week in high school or something mm -hmm. where, but except it's, it's in professional work and you didn't have to participate, but I, I can vouch for this, you know, having come on, I think a few years after you guys started that participated in many of these theme days, like, and they've been some wild ones, you know, I think there was a prom one where people got dressed up and I remember wearing a tutu. (laughs) Um, I think you had a wand too. Yep. I think a wand. There was like a, I remember like a nerd day. What what would you nerd out about? Yeah. Geek out day. Geek out day. Yep. And uh, hat day was always a great one because I think that would get the most people like, even the, the older SPs her weren't quite as uh, <laughs> into the themes. Though that's not true for everybody, I should say. It's an interesting, the amount of time, Katie, when I tell you the <laughs> amount of time that I personally have spent thinking about this, much less I have a, two other people on the social committee with me. <laughs> um, one was a fellow Jane Doe who just sort of, like, asked if she could help, and I was like, cool, totally. Mm-hmm. And then someone else that I sort of, like, forced to join me. (laughs) And we like to start off easy. Mm -hmm, So that's, mm -hmm. like, your crazy sock day or your hat day or your just wear a color, any color. (laughs) Black and white. Um, Black and white Mm -hmm. day, that was one of them. Um, And then there's the more, like, complicated ones. And I am always convinced that there are certain ones that are going to be really hard and certain ones that everyone's going to like. And I'm usually only about 
half the time right. Like, I swore Geek Out Day was going to be too confusing. And it got a lot of feedback. And then there are some days when I'm like, this one is so easy. I think we called it Senior Skip Day. And we are like, dress up in the era yes. of when you graduated from high school. Yeah, so I remember that. I graduated in 99. I wore a flannel and some overalls. <laughs> and everyone was like, I don't get it. I'm like, when did you graduate from high school? Dress like that. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just, uh, you never know. You never know what the yeah. crowd's going to want. But yeah, I remember the Geek Out Day in particular because I, I geek out about like TV, especially comedies. And I remember I had this t-shirt, I still have it. It was uh, from Seinfeld. And it was like Vandalay rubber, which only Seinfeld people enjoy, like would understand. And so like to, I wore that and was kind of geeking out about TV. Whereas like, of course, nobody else was on the same geek out with me, but they had other things. And yeah, there's some theater, of course, and sports and, and all that. So yeah, I mean... I, and I have to say, like, as someone who is not in the social committee but does like to participate in it, it is really fun. I know I've won a prize from you all before, and also, like, with the potlucks and just the just having something to look forward to, especially as we continue on those long days and long weeks, and sometimes it's it's been pulled out to more of a month or whatnot at a time, and even pull uh, we had one person, I remember one year, do uh, belly dancing, right? A little belly dancing workshop. At one point, I yeah. led a fitness, a quick fitness routine since I'm a personal trainer as well. And so like getting more people involved. And I think it just added some variety to those long, very consistent routine days, which sometimes I think for actors in particular, but for people that like doing SP work, I think we're drawn towards not having routines. Like we enjoy the spontaneity of independent contractor life. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really generalizing here because that's not true for everybody, but it adds back in that variety and that spice of uh, something new. Yeah, but, uh, that was... Yeah. That was the point. And yeah, as the days have gotten shorter, but not short enough, but like spread out over longer, that's when we felt the need to add like... For sure. The, the potlucks and the um, the secret cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, little notes that you could send to someone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so first of all, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you doing all that work. It has not gone unnoticed, I think, oh, by most of the people, at least in that school. So I want to check in also with like other training room shenanigans that you've experienced because I will tell you one of my favorite training room now this is at a different university that I've worked a lot at when I first started at this place there is a wonderful wonderful woman and had been there for a while and she kind of took me aside and said you know there are some days where there's going to be a lot of different personalities in this training room and she said, you know, there's a lot of wonderful people in here, but there are some people you're going to have to take with a grain of salt. Just be aware of that. And I, I will never forget <laughs> because she was so right. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, uh, case in point, a few years later, there was a day where there were people of all different ages in the training room. And this was a much smaller training room at this other school. So we packed in for the beginning of the day and we all had to be in there at like 7 a.m. Have your breakfast ready to go. Have your coffee ready to go. Don't be late. There's not a seat at the table. You just stand by the door. Two gentlemen who'd been there for a while. I don't know if they got along very well. I'll leave it at that. They're very different personalities. And I remember we were all sitting and standing in the training room waiting for the the morning orientation. And one of the guys, he said, you know, I'm going to go downstairs to the cafeteria and I'm going to get some breakfast. And he made a very, very emphasized point. No one can take my seat. Okay. We all hear it. Like, okay. 
So he goes down and he gets breakfast, and this other guy is like, <laughs> and he's definitely kind of a, a little prankster, this uh, this dude, and he says, I'm going to take his seat. And we're all like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. And it's so silly, right? Because like nobody actually owned these seats. These were not office cubicles. And so this guy goes ahead and he just, he sits there and he like sets up his stuff, like nothing has happened. And we're all waiting for the guy to come back. And he does. And he lost it. He absolutely lost it. He freaked out on the guy that took his seat. It was, there were almost blows legitimately, like true violence. <laughs> and this is at 7 a.m. in the morning, mind you. So uh, <laughs> so those are the kind of things that can happen just from one person taking something a little too seriously and another person cry- trying to, you know, poke the bear, if you will. And those are from people that were much older than me, <laughs> mind you, as well. Did you ever witness any of those types of experiences in the training room for you? No, because I, like you, am one of those people that likes to sit on the side and watch it happen to other people, but I try not to get involved. Oh, I, I just thought of something that was like legend for years, and I can't Ooh. believe I didn't think about this until yeah, recently. Yeah. The same university where we had the social committee, they have these whiteboards mm-hmm. instead of chalkboards, mm-hmm. and you can open the whiteboards like like curtains Mm -hmm. and in the middle is a like a projector screen Mm -hmm. and then from the ceiling you can bring down a projector and you can watch like a film strip or you can a film strip how old am I (laughs) Um, (laughs) 1920 is called (laughs) then I get my horse's carriage and (laughs) we've set up like a laptop to like show like slides of knees or whatever you know it's like it's a projector screen yeah for training purposes educational yes and this one guy one year was making a joke about how there was going to be a big party at this other guy's house and the guy who like wasn't having the party was like really shy and kept to himself so it was like you know it was a fine joke fine ha 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 party at what's his name's house guy one goes to the whiteboard and writes in dry erase marker party at blah blah blah's house but it wasn't the whiteboard because the whiteboard had been opened it was the projector <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> oh no for years for years we talked about it about the time he wrote on the projector he had to i think at least pay for half of the new screen. Whoa. I had never heard the story. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, not for his wallet, but that's hilarious. Now, question, did people actually show up to this person's house? That was was the best part. Like, we all knew it was a joke. (laughs) And it was, like, not even that good of a joke. Like, it was a fine joke, but, like... There were a couple other rules that were instated upon us because of bad behavior that he had. And I was, like, really surprised. You know, not in a judgmental way, but just surprised that he was invited back for as many times as he was because of all of the shenanigans that he pulled. Sure, yeah. There are some people that just pull more shenanigans than other people. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Like you and I are, we kind of like to witness things. Every once in a while, I'll do something that's a little more like low key. Like I've left 
certain things in certain places on purpose. Nothing that would like ever be harmful, but just kind of funny. One of the schools I work at, whenever these big exams come around, there's this thing that we call like the whiteboard gag. Uh, different from the projector gag, I guess. Um, <laughs> and every year, you know, people are like, all right, what's going to be the whiteboard gag this year? What's it going to be? And then some years it's something and some years it's nothing. And so it's just kind of playing along with, with whatever is working. But one of my favorite things that I would see happen from time to time at one of the schools. There's one guy, not any of the people that we're mentioning earlier, who is just a very funny person and likes to just have fun, some shenanigans as well. And he had an ongoing thing of running into the training room while people were sitting there finding someone. It didn't matter who was there, because I think he did this to multiple people over multiple years, and saying, Katie, you're late for your encounter. And then, you know, the person who's sitting there, whoever he was targeting would like freak out and then be like, no, I thought I had, I had it down. I thought I had a break. And then it was always a joke, but he would do it with such urgency and he's a good actor. So with such, you know, real commitment that it got people a lot until people started to realize that, you know, that's what he was doing. So I felt I that a little, that. like in my body when you said that, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, no. because there's a moment, we all know that moment as an SP, if you've been doing it for long enough, where sometimes you miss things, you know, every once in a while, even if you're on your game, especially on those long exam days or whatever, mm-hmm. and when the stakes are very high, that if you just, you know, the grid, which I've talked about a little bit before, but that's basically our schedule for the day, which can be very complicated and complex, and you kind of have to highlight your name and times, mm-hmm. but if you don't keep up with it, you can you can miss out on something. So a prank like that is very real. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But one other thing, and you will probably remember this because we still have done it, is the SP shuffle. Oh, yes. The SP shuffle. Yeah. So so this is one that I, I don't know if I started, but we kept it going at least. So at one of the schools in particular with these long days and the social committee, you know, there's a lot more camaraderie in this situation because you're there for like a while with the same people and you become, you know, friends or at least you're in it together. So that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. No matter who you are and what your life is, you're in it together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm a very active person. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a group <laughs> exercise instructor. I like exercise. And I found that these really long days, they were great work, really good money, great to, you know, get paid to act and all of that stuff. But it's a lot of sitting. And it's a yeah. lot of sitting early morning to late night, same thing day in, day out, trying to keep your morale up, trying to keep your focus. And what I found was if we could do this thing, a little dance break, in the middle of the day, for whoever wanted to join, it didn't matter who, we would find a time when there was a down encounter or like a break, and we would find a song, and people would meet in one room, and just, we would dance it out to that song. And so that would become, for those who enjoyed doing it and just didn't take themselves too seriously, just needed to move their bodies and laugh a little, because you could laugh at other people dancing and (laughs) laugh at yourself, because imagine, these are a bunch of actors or, or SPs that are all in like, gowns, hospital gowns, sometimes robes. Every once in a while they might be another, you know, street clothes. And just just dancing. Just dancing anywhere from like cartoon themes to the latest hit song to themed day songs. I think that always for me helps quite literally like lift my mood and energy on those days mm-hmm. where I really, really needed it and bring me into the next encounter, the next part of the day, with a little bit more focus and energy and just haven't shaken it out. Yes, I agree. And it kept you warm, because that place (laughs) is 
cold. True, yeah. It's When you're in a hospital gown all day, and you're maybe in socks, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. you, you get cold. People would bring slippers. They would bring mm-hmm. robes if they weren't provided robes. Even sleeping bags for some of these <laughs> to, to sleep uh, outside in uh, the down encounters. So when they're not doing it, they would be taking naps wherever they could. So this is all very real. You can think of it. It's been done, most likely. One of my friends who's an SP brought a blow-up mattress. <laughs> one, of the, right. one of the big exam months for, and just like kept it in the outside room and it wasn't the training room but we would have little training rooms for these like consortium days. Now mm-hmm. if it was all in the main training room and I should say this and I'm sure you've heard this too Genevieve like if you're stuck in one main training room and you don't have anywhere to go besides your encounter rooms there are a lot of rules mm-hmm. especially for exam days when you have a lot of people it's very much it gets said during orientation and during training you know keep this a safe space keep this a zen space, keep this a quiet space. There are certain subjects that are basically off topic, meaning, you know, religion, politics, other things. There was one time that literally, and I was actually part of this, was many years ago, Christmas trees got on that list for a little while. I I couldn't even tell you why. I don't know why it got heated. (laughs) It wasn't even a religious (laughs) thing. It just had to do with Christmas trees. So it was always much like, keep your conversation to the weather. Mm -hmm. Keep it to very, very neutral, boring topics. That's how they would word it. I've also been in another training room where, and I believe you've worked at this place too, where we were not, we were told not, we're not allowed to fall asleep in that training room. Yep. Or take naps, even if there's really long days. And so that was tricky because even if you're sitting, you just want to put your head down on the table and and rest up. And people still fell asleep. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and some of those people were doing shows at night, too. Yeah, yeah. And I understood why that was, that rule was in place. But at the same time, it's like, if you need focus from your SPs and you're asking for all this time, and some schools are better or able to be better yeah. about giving breaks than others. Correct, correct. You yeah. know, yeah. like... Some work you a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> and Sometimes perhaps to that, the detriment of... Of the focus of the SPs, unfortunately. I would argue almost always. Wasn't there a study done about that at the ASPE conference? I don't know. That, like, after I think it was three or four encounters, SPs started to misremember things on checklists. Ooh, that's actually, I'd love to look into that, but I believe it. If you don't get a break, yeah. Yeah, because your brain just doesn't remember things. Exactly. At some point, it becomes a blur. (laughs) So what is the funniest thing that you've ever dealt with as an SP? About early on when we were teaching the SPs how to drape for abdominal exams, so you keep part of the patient covered and not exposed if you don't need to be looking at that part of your body. Apparently... One young woman was lying on the table completely exposed. And the she SP asked, was lying on the, the table. The SP right? was. Mm-hmm. And she asked the student if she could please drape her. And so the student said, oh, yeah, sure, okay, went over, got a drape, and put it over her face. And then proceeded to do an abdominal exam <sighs> with the SP, like, <laughs> laying there with the blanket on her face. Oh, that's so bizarre. That's right? so bizarre. So did did the SP say anything or just kind of go with it? That was the end of the story, but I've <laughs> often wondered that. I feel like personally, I might just lay there thinking, what do I do? Right. Is this, this happening to me? This is a good, a good learning opportunity, but we're just going <laughs> to go with it. Hey, technically the student did drape her. It's true. It's true. She might have also <laughs> smothered her, but she did drape her. <laughs> You feel much less exposed when you can't see your own 
nudity. It's true. <laughs> just the cameras <laughs> in the room and everyone watching forever and ever. <laughs> yeah, but you can't see it, so yeah, it's yeah, fine. So good. I think about that sometimes, and it makes me giggle. I often come home with stories, just like, do you want to know what was said to me today? One year, we would write funny quotes on the whiteboard um, mm. during the day of like funny things students had said to us, uh-huh. but then we'd have to erase them at the end of the day because we don't want them to think we're making fun of them. That's because fair. They, yeah, yeah. they work so hard and their brains are going like hamsters in a wheel, you know? Mm-hmm. So when they say like ridiculous things, you know they don't mean right. them, but like... But they still say it and it's still memorable. <laughs> like we still note it because yep. if, if something is off what we're used to hearing, of course we're going to remember that type of a thing mm-hmm. because it's, it's just very funny. Anything and everything has happened in the SP land in my uh, experience and opinion. Yes. So, yeah. Just wanted to say thank you so much for being our guest today, Genevieve. You are wonderful. So glad that we're friends and that I got to know you how many years ago and that you've been such a wonderful social committee leader throughout all of this, along with a good SP as well. Because let's be honest, if you've been doing this for that many years, that means you're pretty good at your job. There's a reason that schools want to keep you around and keep hiring you. So So this is uh, why we're friends, because you say such nice things about me. (laughs) Oh, you can Venmo me later. Um, All right. (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you so much again. We are so happy to have you here. For everybody listening, we really appreciate you listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the Standardized Patients Podcast. Thanks to Randy Sharp for the use of our theme song, Mr. Garita. You can find their music at Artlist. Thank you to Catherine Babalek for behind-the-scenes work, audio post-production, and cover art. That's our show. See you next time as we encounter more standards of standardized patient work. <laughs> <laughs>